Welcome back, guys. We have a very special guest today. We have Amanda Mirabella. Amanda is a board-certified holistic health practitioner, master MBSR practitioner, and instructor at the Mind Body Spirit Release Academy. So we're extremely excited to have her here. As you guys know, I'm an MBSR practitioner, so to chat all things MBSR. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you, Courtney. I'm so, so happy to be here. And for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, or I guess you're not watching this on YouTube because Emily's the one that uploads it, Emily's power cut out, so it's just me and Amanda <laughs> today. Glad that it's not another solo episode. We're able to just chat here. Or pivoting. I know. It's fine. We'll yep. go. We'll go with the flow. That's right. So let's just jump on into what is MBSR. I went over it a little bit on the podcast, but mm-hmm. yeah, you say it so eloquently. So we're just going to go for that. Thank you. Well, usually when I'm starting to explain MBSR, some people are brand new to energy work or muscle testing. And so first I start with how, and then I go into why, um, and kind of bring you through because it's not easy, right? I've totally Mm -hmm. been there where I start talking. I'm like, I have no idea where this is going. So (laughs) (laughs) it happens. So as far as how, um, MBSR is a modality that helps to identify stressors that are impacting the nervous system. So we do this by using muscle response testing. And so we muscle test to see what combination of emotions, limiting beliefs, neurotransmitters, hormones, you know, so on and so forth. There's a lot of categories, right, that are impacting the body and impeding its function, the natural flow, right? So once we've identified that specific way that the nervous system is being impacted, then we're able to reduce the stress and retrain the body using a technique. Um, We use the cold laser light, right? So just as an aside, if you're brand new to what a cold laser is and how it's used, essentially what it does is it delivers light energy into the cells. And so these photons are absorbed by the cells and help to stimulate the mitochondria. So that is what creates the biochemical response. It produces energy in the body, right? And so what we're doing is we're identifying the resistors and removing them through that cold laser action, right? And so that's really all what it comes down to is just allowing the body to function and flow as it should. So that's the how. The why is to identify these subconscious patterns that we're inadvertently perpetuating, right? So we help that body unlearn. First, we gain awareness, then we help the body unlearn and release these negative associations through what we call the clearing process that's using the laser, right? And so it's a way of, again, identifying those energetic blocks and releasing them to allow the body to function and flow as it should. And so I frequently say, you hear, you say this all the time, Courtney, that it's a catalyst for change, right? And so we are, as practitioners, just giving you the tools and the ability to, again, gain awareness and basically choose a different path forward. So it gives you a little bit of um, time or space to maybe choose a different response or help to calm your nervous system down. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite parts about MBSR is that it's a passive technique, right? So a lot of people have a lot of trauma stored in the body and they don't even realize mm-hmm. that there is such a response. If you were yeah. to do something like talk therapy or bringing it up, Right. I, I had a client who it was one of their responses was 
to go like they would block things out subconsciously fully and they went to drink and they would never remember that which is scary right like that's a very scary response and every time that the trauma was brought up so I was like you absolutely are not talk therapy is not for you right because if you're bringing the trauma up and it creates that ammonia in your body and it's blocking Mm -hmm. everything out like that's we're not trying to trigger you every single day right well you know what you just said is is so true because it this does not preclude someone from perhaps needing therapy or needing chiropractic work or needing myofascial work, whatever mm-hmm. the combination of modalities that are helpful for them in their specific situation. But you know, for me, MBSR was one of the first tools I used, and then therapy came later, right? Yeah. And so it's just it depends on their needs. And other people have the complete opposite experience, kind of like what you're talking about. They do talk therapy and it might have been too triggering or something like EMDR, which I love. I think it's a great modality. Yeah. It just depends on where you're at and what you need. And so, you know, I'm just so passionate about this approach specifically, MBSR, because it's not about stress avoidance, right? Or it's not about having a perfectly regulated nervous system. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen, but it's just, it gives you that empowerment, right? So, and that's kind of like what I was talking about before. It allows you to perhaps make a different uh, choice going forward or give you the tools for self-regulation so that you're able to calm yourself down going forward. Yeah. And I get this question all the time, so I'm going to shoot it your way because I pretty much know how you're going to answer it. (laughs) Can I get one MBSR session, right? Can I get one? Like Mm -hmm. is one just one and done? We're good. We're cleared forever. And I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. Think about, think about going to PT, think about going right. to chiropractic, right? You continue mm-hmm. to go. So what totally. do you say to those people? Absolutely. I mean, think about it like working out, right? If you go to the gym once, are you going to be like, Oh my gosh, I am fit. I'm, I've got it. So, <laughs> I made it. Yes, exactly. I've done it. And so what we don't want is total reliance on the practitioner, right? When I, if I'm seeing you for a session, Courtney, I'm not what is a sign of concern if I am never taking ownership. So I just look to you for Courtney fixes in my life. That's a concern. Um, but we do want to see consistency and ownership. And that's where you, you know, I use the phrase all the time, go slow to go fast because you will hit your stride and we want to see maturity and evolution out of the issues. Right. So we don't want to be working on the same thing forever, um, but it might take some time. And that, and that's, you know, like you said, PT, chiropractic, you could use any healing modality as an example. Um, it just, you can't do once you can't even do twice, right? It, it really needs, you have to foster that consistency with yourself. Yeah. I always say that I'm like, you're not going to go to therapy once and you're healed, like things like (laughs) that, right? Anything takes consistency. Anything takes time. Right. A lot of people will benefit from just one session alone, like truly, but you know, you could probably get the most benefit when you compound it over time, when you continue to go back and you continue to retrain that nervous system. And like you said, Mm -hmm. I think that it was really important that you were saying that people need to take accountability. Mm -hmm. Like this can't, not can't, but this shouldn't be your only nervous system modality, right? And right. then you still spend 24-7 on your phone. And then you're still mm-hmm. yeah. not getting outside. You're not calming your body down in any way. It's right. a helpful tool, mm-hmm. but it's not going to do everything for you in your life. That's right. And you know, it's really interesting what you said about that is I have seen this happen and I have fallen into this pattern before too, right? 
because we're working um, in the energetic field, especially a lot of us remotely, virtually, um, it's easy to see this as, um, like I was saying before, kind of fixing, right? Mm -hmm. So the practitioner is kind of fixing um, the situation and you're not changing anything about your life outside of this. And so that's why, I mean, what we always talk about is action steps, like you're saying. Yeah. So breath work, journaling, therapy, it doesn't, you know, doesn't matter what that looks like for the person. It could be movement, getting more into their body. And so it's just, um, it's really, really important to have the change outside of session. Yeah. And I'm seeing more and more need for nervous system work for everyone. Cause I think we're just living in a more stressful world, a more technological world, even, I mean, let's be real after the pandemic, a little bit more of an isolated oh, yeah. world. So everyone's going for MBSR and I'm like, I love it. I'm yeah. so happy for you guys. This should be like, like you said, a catalyst for change in your yes. life, like to make you realize that, wow, that helped so much. A lot of my clients will be like, I just felt like a veil was lifted afterwards. Like they'll feel like a relief, less anxiety. Some people less anxiety about working out just better overall. Yes. And I'm like, now run with that, right? What can you do yes. to keep that feeling going? Mm -hmm. Can you meditate more? Can you do breath work, prayer, whatever that looks like right. for you? A lot of people, it's just more quiet time too. I got it. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. You, you hit on that. A lot of my clients and we probably have talked talked about this before, but they are doers, right? They're action takers. Uh, and I'm so glad I'm so thrilled. And so our action steps are not like, you know what, in addition to your 13 step health routine, I'm going to add five more things, right? Yeah. It's like, how can we refine this and take more off your plate? Um, what needs to stay? Sure. Um, it's not like wellness rituals are a bad thing, but how can we simplify and lessen the load you're taking on? So yes, I to so totally agree with that. And I've been having a lot of clients recently. I'll be, I will question them. Like, what are you, with what intention do you go into all these things? Cause if you're going in and you're just doing it, cause you know, you need to meditate, you know, you need to pray, you know, breath works good for you, yeah. right? Like that's fine, but it's different than the intention of it makes me feel good or it makes my body relieved after I just need 10 minutes by myself, something like that. It's the intentionality behind it that I think is so important. And yes. also realizing what actually feels good for your body and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. Like for some people, meditation and stillness, like actually being still in their body is great. Other people really respond better to a moving meditation, right? Mm -hmm. They need to um, kind of get in their bodies more in that way by, by um, kind of the mechanical part. So it just, you're, you're so spot on with um, the intention behind that. Does this feel like a dreaded a part of my life. Um, sure. A challenge is one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Not everything we're going to do is going to be, Oh my gosh, this is so fun. Um, but <laughs> what does it provide for me? And what am I learning from this? Does it feel enriching? Yeah. I resonate with, I was not someone who liked meditation or stillness mm -hmm. at all, but for me, it was really a nervous system response. Like, right. It was me trying to block out calm and listening to my brain and listening to my body. Yes. And the only reason I even got into yoga, cause I was in college and my college roommates liked to go. And so we did it yeah. all as a thing together. And yep. I was having some low back pain at the time. It made it go away. So I just kept going back. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I realized the more I went, obviously it was easier to go and not laugh during it and actually be able to focus on my breath and, you know, like right. calm. Yeah. So I also think that it's a muscle that even if you're someone that's like, I can't sit still, Sometimes moving meditations are good for people. It depends on the person. Yep. Other times it's really just you not wanting to be still. Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I do that totally. If I'm cleaning everything, 
you know, you could look at that. I was like, wow, just being so productive and efficient, but that's my MO, right? So it's a lesson for me. What am I trying to block out and stay busy? And that is actually one of my biggest lessons with MBSR, right? That's, that's one kind of, it affected my whole life and my physical health, but how can I simplify, slow down? And like you're saying, moving is great too. Obviously it's a, it's a huge part of our, our physical health, but it can be a, a way to avoid or distract. I, I know. And you were saying that like the people that come to you are like overachievers and I'm like, me too. Like yeah. for like, like right. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> we all get drawn to one another. Exactly. So uh, how can MBSR be done virtually? Tell me about how you're doing the muscle response testing via yeah, computer. Absolutely. So there are a couple of important terms and, and one is the principle of non-locality. So it's understanding that two particles, even though they're not in physical contact, can exchange information, right? And so there is a great example of this in the book by Dr. Alex Lloyd, Healing Codes. So I'll just provide one example, but also, I don't know if I've shared this with you, Courtney, I just we just published a new video through MBSR Academy. It's called Demystifying Energy and Quantum Physics. So one of our MBSR practitioners, she has a PhD in astronautics and aeronautics. And so she's just a little, a little intelligent and she studied (laughs) physics. (laughs) So she's the master of analogies. So that's a great deep dive if you're interested in that, but let me go back to um, Dr. Alex Lloyd. So the principle of non-locality, again, the understanding that we're exchanging information at a distance, even though we're not physically touching one another, right? So what they did in this experiment is two strangers were introduced, and then they were separated by, they started at 50 feet, and then they were, each subject was put in a Faraday cage. So that blocks radio frequencies and signals mm-hmm. inside the cage. So what they did was they hooked each subject up to an EEG. And so that measured neurological activity and constriction in the pupils. So for one person, they took one one subject and shined light in their eyes. And so they watched as this produced neurological activity and pupil constriction in one subject as well as the other. So even though they were separated by distance and protected by the Faraday cage, they were still having a very similar reaction to response, right? So they continued this, they separated by time and distance and saw the same results. And so in essence, what you're taking from this is we are transferring or exchanging information from one person to another, even at an unconscious level. And so applying this to mind, body, spirit release, I'm able to muscle test clients remotely even though we haven't been in physical contact through that, right? We're connecting on a subconscious level. We call this proxy testing. So if I am your practitioner, I am using my own nervous system to test for you, Courtney. And so actually in the video that I mentioned with Dr. Jen Rockless, she uses this analogy of a radio antenna. And so what she says is how, you know, radio stations are broadcasting simultaneously around the world, right? And so we use radio antennas less less often now, but how they work is they send a frequency or a signal to the station that you want to listen to, right? So if you're like, I'm going to go in 101.5, it sends the frequency to that station. So when the station receives that, it's a match and they amplify each other. They combine together and it will start playing the station, right? That you're trying to listen to. And so what happens is other stations, you don't hear those anymore. Those 
fall away, right? You're not listening to three stations at once. Mm -hmm. And so in order to connect virtually to you, I focus on you and I match your intention and everything else falls away. Uh, And so I just love that example. Again, they're less common, but I think it really helps because not many people naturally think in terms of frequency, right? Let me send you a remote frequency, but the radio signal really helps. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people are hearing more and more uh, the best way to like, right. Cause you think about, you take on the energy of the five people that you spend the most time with and even spending time with someone virtually, right. It has to do with frequency and such. And I've yes. been seeing it all over the place. The, a lot of people are healing because they're in the nervous system. Their nervous system is connecting to the nervous system of someone that's healed. Right. So like that makes complete sense to me because I'm like, yes. yeah, when a client's just in your presence, their nervous system starts calibrating to yours. The same as you can energetically get their nervous yes. system, right? Like frequency or whatever. And then that's the way yeah. you're able to do the idiomotor testing. Yes. That's a perfect example because when you are introducing someone to energy, right? That's the example I use is, you know, think about when you are around someone who's so uplifting and warm and compassionate, you feel that from a, a yeah. whole body response, right? You're receptive to that versus someone who is incredibly negative and they might feel abrasive and just your, your body tenses, right? Typically your body language will go into kind of protective modes as well. So it's, if, like you said, if you're kind of newer to the field, you can think about the vibration that they're emitting, the energy that they're emitting and how that, even if you're not actively thinking about it, like you could be talking to someone else, but you feel someone into your presence. That's a great introduction to how energy works. Everything's energy, right? Everything runs at a frequency. So that's, and I know that that's so hard for people to wrap their minds around. And I heard the quote that it said, if you understand quantum physics, you don't understand quantum physics. And I was like, (laughs) you know, that's the truth. If you think you understand it, you never do. It never makes sense. Oh yeah, exactly. all, (laughs) All I take away is everything is energy, right? And like attracts like, and all of that. Right. Well, I I love that you said that because Dr. Jen Rockless, who studied physics, and that's why I love her approach is that she'll talk about concepts that are really important to understanding remote energy testing and in all of this, but we don't ever assume that this is a fixed concept. Like, wow, we really have got it down and I can (laughs) perfectly explain to you why this works. That's just not the case. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. Well, honestly, one of the things I struggle with the most is getting across to people how energy can be transmuted via, you know, the screen or tapping into someone's field. And that's why I'm glad that you said it and you gave so many studies and so many situations and multiple different yeah. ways to understand it because yeah. it's just a complicated subject that not everyone's super familiar with. So it's hard to just get across exactly how we're able to muscle test. Cause people will be like, well, I understand muscle testing in person, right? They're like, that makes a little bit more sense to me. But when you're muscle testing via screen, it's a little bit more lost on people. Absolutely. And I think Courtney, I don't remember your experience in the very beginning, but some people just automatically are in, they're like, I don't fully understand it. Do what you want. That really wasn't my perspective at first. I just had questions. I was skeptical. And so I'm sure for your clients too, let them have questions, right? Let them kind of explore and read and they will probably feel more comfortable with time. And the other thing that helps is through muscle testing. You know, it happens all the time. You're muscle testing for someone with an intention. They're like, how did you know that? And that's the beauty of it. It's nothing that we know. It's all, it's client-led, right? It's the client's nervous system that is really doing the work and that we're just picking up on. And so that usually it's kind of like 
that cliche phrase, the proof is in the pudding. That's what happens over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a physical health client that came to me for MBSR and we had had a couple of sessions before, but then things were coming up about, you know, mother wounds and things like that. And she's like, I've never talked about my mom to you. And I was like, I I don't know what to tell you. It was something about a mother figure. I don't know. That's all I got. And she's like, it's, I, I, she was skeptical coming in, but she's like, I trust you, right? You're my current practitioner. So if you believe in this, I'm going to at least give mm-hmm. it one go. And all of it was like trying to explain to her husband. Cause she was like, I've never told her that. Like I yeah. know we've spent time together, but what does that have to do with any of it? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that will happen over and over again. Right. And just incredibly random and miscellaneous ways, but that's the beauty of that. As you get more comfortable as a practitioner, just really trusting the muscle testing, um, because it's, it's, you know, certainly it's really important to know how to muscle test well and ask the right questions, but it's really, it's the, the wisdom of your own body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wanted to get a little bit into what makes MBSR different from energy healing. Mm -hmm. And I know that maybe this is a Cheryl question, right? Because she was a Reiki practitioner, but it's, it's kind of a common misconception that what we're trying to do is energy healing. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with energy healing at all. Personally, yeah. everyone has different beliefs, but it's different. It's very different. Yeah. You know, uh, so, so much there for people who are used to Reiki and Reiki's fabulous, right? There are different kinds of energy modalities. Yeah. Um, and I'm forgetting the name of the other modality it will come to me. They're wonderful, right? It's just, it, it, it's um, a matter of what you need at that time. But MBSR, what I always say is that it brings language and specificity. So for something like Reiki, incredibly powerful, um, but there's less, there's not language associated with it, right? Which is is fine. But if you're trying to kind of take awareness and ownership, that language and specificity around, um, you know, why is my nervous system kind of hyper reactive can be really useful. So Cheryl, she, I say language and specificity. Cheryl says depth and complexity, same thing, right? MBSR is fantastic at taking a really comprehensive approach to someone's health. So not just physical, but the emotional and spiritual, right? So I always say looking at someone's health from a comprehensive lens is like untangling a knot, right? So we're not segmenting and saying, you know what, we're not going to factor that in and the emotional part. I know you've had a stressful week, but it's just like, it's different, right? It's, It's all factored in. And so that I think is what makes MBSR so special is that we're truly taking a a wide lens, but it allows you to get really detailed in what are the patterns that you, Courtney, have kind of carried with you through life. And so it brings language to that. And that is where people can pivot. And it's not like you look at, you know, after an MBSR session, we use the phrase clearing notes. You're looking Mm -hmm. at, these are the blocks. Um, These were the items that were preventing me from actualizing this intention in my life. We don't look at that from a place of judgment, like, wow, I just really suck. Um, I've been doing this my whole life. It is always out of compassion, right? Usually the the kind of patterns that we're perpetuating, they were born out of coping mechanisms. And whether that was physical coping mechanisms, like I did this because my body wasn't strong enough to do this at the time, right? Or I acted this way because this was kind of the emotional wound that I had. And so we can look at these clearing notes from a compassionate lens and, and think, wow, this is like how how beautiful that I was able to kind of survive and come out of this. Now I can choose differently. And so it, it is very specific, more so than any other energy modality technique that I've used before. Mm-hmm. I um, have had people that will be like, these clearing notes are so negative. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I, I don't think that we should look at it that way, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think we should look at it 
your body was doing what it needed to protect you. And we're so grateful that we get to release all of that. This isn't going to hold you back anymore. Or, and then some people it'll come up again because we do release things in layers. Uh So I was going to ask you a little bit, like, why do people have to keep coming back? Right? Like what's on the surface and then going deeper, how can we release in layers? And like, why is that so important? So good. It's such a good question. So Actually, a few weeks ago, I received a question from a practitioner. She saw something on social media about someone saying, you can't use muscle testing for emotions and you can't clear emotions because you're still going to experience them again. So this practitioner was a little bit confused. And um, I said, I agree with that, right? You don't, when we say clear, when we use the term clear in the context of mind, body, spirit release, we're not saying, all right, Courtney, I cleared anger for you. So you actually get to live a life without anger, right? <laughs> it doesn't, that doesn't, it's not how it happens. What you're talking about and how it works in layers is there's different reasons why anger might show up or present in someone's life might have such a stronghold for them. So they might get kind of activated with that overwhelming anger in the context of their immediate family, right? There might be patterns or um, emotions that are just, they're really well-worn neural pathways. So we're going to have to work on that from different angles for them. And, and also you're human, right? So when we are, when we're working on MBSR and we're seeing the trend, I'm just going to stick with anger have come up in different ways. Um, it's because, like I said before, you have a really well-worn neural pathway. And so, um, it's something that your body is used to, and it's easy to access. And so we're going to have to kind of be patient as we work on that self-regulation. So when we're, we're saying we're addressing these emotions through clearings, we're really just giving you the power back. It's, it's really going back to self-regulation. So the next time you're around your immediate family and you're kind of following in these same patterns of argument, you're probably going to feel that anger rising, right? Um, hopefully what we're getting to is it has less of a hold on you from a physical sense and even, you know, a cognitive cerebral sense, right? You're, you're not so caught up. You're not seeing red. You're able to breathe, kind of see through that. And like I said earlier, choose a different path. And so like you're saying, coming at it in layers, we have different life experiences, different people who will prompt us and we're complex human beings. Life is dynamic. And so we're, we're given lots of opportunities for challenge. And so I think that's why as you were saying earlier, looking at the clearing notes, I never see them as negative. Like you're saying, I see this as such a beautiful, I know it sounds a little cliche, but such a beautiful thing that our nervous system was communicating and saying, this is really stressing me out. Um, this is really frustrating for me to go down these same loops. I often say like what I feel like I'm stuck on the hamster wheel with, right. I'm, I'm spinning my wheels in the same way. And so the clearing notes are, this is, this is causing stress and I want freedom from this. And I think that you talking about those neural pathways was so important because they can get grooved. Like think about grooves of a ski, right? Because if they get worn in and worn in, it's not just one clearing that undoes it. That one client with the trauma in specific, right? MBSR wasn't exactly enough for them to completely undo it. They had to pair it with neurofeedback because for them, it was a very, very deep rooted trauma, obviously, right? If it's creating physical responses, ammonia in the body, and just the subconscious mind is crazy powerful, right? 95% of what we do. But That's why I wanted to bring up that a lot of the times it has to be paired. I'll have clients that I'll have do brain rewiring meditation. This one specific client just needed neurofeedback because they needed something more powerful that was kind of being forced on them, so to speak, instead of up to their own mind. Yes. 
it's yeah. it's just wild. I'm just like it's crazy how much those neural pathways like really you have to retrain them. And sometimes and right MBSR isn't exactly doing that. It can through right. your homework and things like that, but that's why there are so many different modalities out there that are beautiful and helping you heal. Yes. Gosh, what you just said, it's MBSR from an energetic perspective, it helps to remove those energetic resistors, yep. right? So if you choose to create a new neural pathway and over time, right, I don't want to pretend like it's, you know, um, (laughs) just instant, but over time, that's, that's how you're creating that, right. By it's like you said, it could be neurofeedback. That is a fantastic tool to use afterwards, but it's, it's kind of up to you afterwards. And so it's not, MBSR is not a panacea. It's not a magic bullet. You will see that. And I know you said that earlier. Sometimes you have clients who are like, wow, that does feel magical, right? Because it almost seems too good to be true. But then other things take more time. There is no right or wrong. Just because someone has kind of an immediate, um, like a weight is lifted does not mean um, that they did a better job than someone else, right? That's not, and I talk a lot about that in the context of, of kind of health and healing is you're not you're not a bad person. (laughs) You're not, uh, if you're, if you're still struggling with health issues, physical, emotional, it's not a measure of your goodness. And so it's just, people have different life experiences. Some, uh, you know, true deep trauma is just, it it can take a lot of time and tenderness and different work to unwind from that. Yes, exactly. And I'm just going to go back to this one client because it, like I said, it manifested on a physical level. So we were doing a physical protocol as well, right? Like yeah. they were on supplements, they were on binders to soak up the ammonia. But the funny part about the physical supplements, it was pretty basic level. It was very, it was like right. liver support because they were having some methylation issues, some binders a little bit because it was a, you know, neural issue. They were having some more glymphatic support but pretty basic. It was not like we were doing crazy mold, crazy parasite cleansing, crazy Lyme stuff. Mm-hmm. But what they saw the most impact from was neurofeedback and MBSR all the time. And then the basic supplements were phenomenal and very helpful, but <laughs> a lot of people don't think that that's what it takes to heal, right? They're like, I need lots of supplements, deep protocols, deep detoxing, because it's manifesting as a physical symptom. And I'm like, well, (laughs) yes, you know, that's, it's so interesting. And that's why I love the comprehensive lens of holistic health, but it can also be incredibly overwhelming and it can feel like it can take over your life and people get so wrapped up in this protocol, this protocol. Right. And so it's just, it's interesting. It's always a balance. Not like, I'm not saying a 50, 50 balance. It's just, you're, you're kind of flowing with what the mind body spirit needs. And so I had a client who came to me for MBSR and she, that's what she was telling me is that she just, she kind of felt out of her mind, right? She just felt crazy because she was feeling so terrible and had done these protocols. And so what, as she was kind of describing things, she definitely had some um, kind of emotional pathways that we were going to work to address. But what was really happening was she moved and she was right next to a golf course that was constantly being sprayed by glyphosate. Mm. Right. And so sometimes it is physical, right? It can, so the removal of that or just support with that can be what helps you feel like you're, um, you have kind of a clear head and clear mind again. So it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's complex. Yeah. It's a balance. It all is. Right. And I, yeah. I always tell all, every single one of my clients, cause they'll come to me thinking they need physical support. And nine times out of 10, I'm like, we'll definitely support you physically, but you need a lot of 
unlearning and we need a lot of emotional support and just to like I said, the subconscious mind rules 95% of what we do. And a lot of these people have been sick for eight, 10 years and their mind and their body doesn't believe how they can get well again. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's well, I know you've seen this time and time again, it's such an attachment to, because it's feel safe and familiar, a diagnosis and so, or a set of symptoms. And sometimes when you, I might say, Courtney, um, I have noticed that you, you definitely feel a strong connection to Lyme, right? What you're experiencing that doesn't always go over super well, right? They're like, no, I don't, I want to get better, but it does. We, we all can kind of fall in that trap of, because it's so familiar. It's what we know. It's how we kind of, it's what we fill our life with, right? Is, are these protocols and practitioners and things like that. So the over-identification or um, sometimes even, and I, don't say the with judgment obsession with a diagnosis, right? That can really, really keep us stuck. Yeah. And I see on social media, right? People will say like Lyme warrior or yes. moldy or something like that. And I'm like, if you're referring to yourself on a daily basis as a Lyme warrior, you are resonating with Lyme. So that's not something yes. you subconsciously want to get rid of at this point in time. You have to yeah. like work to work through that. It doesn't have to be a part of your life. And I get it. Right. I was sick for like four or five years. So for me, it took over all of my spare time. Right. If I wasn't at my job, I was researching. That's how I ended up in this field. That's how most people do. Yes. <laughs> You're researching and everything was to try and get better. And then I got to a point for me, it's funny because I did physical till I was blue in the face. And then people, I had a Reiki practitioner that was like, you really need to address some emotional things. And I was like, I'm fine. Like I'm okay. I live a pretty well adjusted life. I, you know, got sick at seven years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't put two and two together, right? For me, like attention and sickness mm-hmm. yes. to get attention, to get someone to care for me, to not have to do everything by myself. Like my body's like, we'll get sick if that's because I've been a very independent person my whole life. So if that's how we got to do it, we'll stay in that yes. realm. I, I was sick as a seven-year-old, right? That's how I got my parents' attention. That's how I yeah. got them to come with all with me to all of my appointments and everything was about me because I was a third child. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what happens in everyone else's life. But for me, my siblings were not the most well-behaved and I was the angel child. So I got none of the attention because they just needed it, Mm -hmm. right? To keep them afloat, they needed a little bit more attention. So the mind was like, oh, if that's, if we got to get sick, that's okay. That'll give us the attention. That'll give us that nurturing, that inner child healing. And so for a lot of people, they also their brain also puts that together, right? I get attention when I am sick. I get someone to care for me. I don't have to do that thing I don't want to do. I don't have to go to that job I hate. And a lot of people don't even realize those benefits, so to speak, yes. that they have to address, you know, mm-hmm. right? You have to address how can I get attention? How can I speak about my needs? How can I just tell people I don't want to go to things? I don't need an excuse, Exactly, Courtney. Oh my gosh. Have you read the book Metaphysical Anatomy? Are you familiar with that? No. So you'll love it. It's okay. a, a book I recommend to if whether people are practitioners or just clients, they, they like learning about this field. It's in like an encyclopedia reference book. So okay. it's ginormous. And there is a section on basically everything you could think of. So it could cover like if someone's dealing with melasma, it asks really good questions. So it's not, of course, not diagnostic in nature, but it just allows you to reflect. And so it also goes, you know, 
uh, to more disease, right? So something like cancer. So my friend and practitioner, really wise practitioner, Ginger, she, she said to me one time, I was having a series of migraines. You know, Amanda, you might know this, but I, I wanted to send you the picture from this book about migraines. And so it said something along the lines of, if you are unwilling or unable to create boundaries or say no, your body will do it for you. And I thought, wow, this is so humbling. Yep. This is me. And so, um, you know, this was me, right? This was my pattern. And like you just said, if it's to set boundaries, to say no, to not make excuses, it's just, it's part of growing up in maturity. And um, it, it was so evident in so many different parts of my life. So it's a great book. And you know, what you're, what you're talking about, I think, when I started entering the natural health world, I saw that um, kind of over-identification, right? And I went the opposite way, not in a healthy way. It wasn't like, wow, I'm just so, I'm so mature. It was what happened was because I didn't want to over-identify, I kind of went into repression, right? So mm. I have dealt with, you know, autoimmunity, as I mentioned, migraines, lots of GI issues connected to mold, but I just didn't talk about it because I didn't want to <laughs> label it. And so the lesson for me was just to not skip over it, not pretend like it didn't exist, but to be able to slow down and reflect what, what is my body teaching me, right? Like with, with the migraines that were popping up, what is my body trying to say? And so that was really central for me with MBSR. It just allowed me to kind of see those patterns in a compassionate way, not while you are, you know, you're not learning anything from this. So yes, it's, we see quite the spectrum of experiences with illness. Yeah. And I think part of that too, because I'll have people that although they're doing some nervous system work, they still don't really know how to shift that identification because they're not aware of it. I'll be like, sit down, right? Really just ask yourself, how do I benefit from this in any way? Mm -hmm. In any way, how am I benefiting from being mm -hmm. sick, right? Like you need to write it down and then realize how you can draw those boundaries because some people still are just like, well, I don't want to go to this event, but I'm not going to tell someone no. And then the day of you get a stomach ache, right? You have those GI issues. Oh, I can't Stop go it. anyways. Yeah. I know. I'm like, tell people you don't want to freaking go. I was the same way. I didn't tell anyone yes. I didn't want to go. So like, I get it, but I'm like, yeah. now, mm -hmm. now I tell everyone I don't want to go to anything. I'm yeah. like, I don't want to go. I'm good. And the pendulum has swung the other way. Yeah. They're like, uh, the only thing I'm going to at this point is weddings, right? Weddings, baby showers, bridal showers. It was a lot of time. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to go if I don't want to go. Cause most of the yes. stuff doesn't resonate with me anymore. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we need to stop making things seem right or wrong, depending on other people's expectations. I think that's like just a huge part of the whole healing process. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. And with the right or wrong, that's another part of reflection, right? So when these, as you know, you said, a couple of your clients have said, these clearing notes seem really negative. So if you're seeing things like hate come up in the clearing sheet or um, just a limiting belief that sounds really negative, we can categorize and we kind of do right through MBSR. We'll kind of label them as um, emotions as good or bad, positive mm -hmm. or negative, but that doesn't mean bad means we shouldn't experience them, right? They are there for a purpose. And so like what you're saying, what is this? What does this tell me? It doesn't always mean we're reacting properly, right? We could be um, overreacting to something, mm -hmm. but what does this tell me? It's part of the human experience. And how can I learn more about kind of that self-regulation and, and equilibrium?
Yeah, because there are blocks to feeling both positive and negatives. And we should, like you said, the equilibrium, we should feel a whole spectrum of emotions. Part of healing is allowing yourself to feel things, allowing yourself to move through, right? They say that one of the most authentic things you can do to raise your vibration is not to suppress those negative emotions, but to just allow yourself to feel all of the emotions, whatever feels authentic to you. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, there's nothing wrong feeling that stuff. You got to cry, cry. Crying means you're letting it out. It means you're not holding it in. There's obviously huge benefits to that because when we're suppressing it, that's when it gets stuck in the body. That's when it can manifest into different illnesses, into different organs, you know, maybe not detoxing the way they used to and all of the things. It's not just so fascinating. Like for, for me, the pattern of repression always showed up in lymph, right? And so of course it's lymph is the flow system. So what happens if you're holding things in? Like I am not going to acknowledge this. I'm not going to feel it. Watch me, right? <laughs> Everything stays stuck. So yes, it's the body has such beautiful synchronicity and patterns when we start to see it. Yeah. And a lot of people with digestion, they'll see the same thing when they refuse to address emotions, they're constipated energetically and physically. I'm like, feel, feel stuff, like let yourself feel it. Let yourself talk about it. Stop holding on to everything with white knuckles. You're not getting anywhere. Exactly. I know this is just like, it's a gross example, but it's what people understand. But like, where do we think the phrase anal retentive comes from? Right. It's like holding on, right. Like think about what that means and the pattern, especially in children, you see them get angry. Right. And so, yes, we see it in adulthood as well. We just, it's, it's used as an insult, right? <laughs> so, yeah, Exactly. Right. I was saying to someone the other day, I was like, constipated for like a week or two mm-hmm. and I was like eh, I might as well take some gut supplements because I have them you know like let's go yeah. for it but I'm like 98% sure this is all energetic because like things in my business wanted to shift and I was white knuckling it and I didn't want to let it go and move it yeah. uh but I was like I know I know I can move things I know I can but until I literally started to allow my emotions to just like let them go feel the sadness feel the grief and move on then I finally stopped being constipated like none of the gut supplements work I'm not even joking all the bowel mover all the bowel complete I'm like your body doesn't care what you're putting in there physically it's like let go let go exactly well and that's why people will ask all the time does mind body spirit release work if they the person doesn't believe in it and so well I'll ask them like does does therapy work if the person's like I'm not going to go to I don't believe in this you know it's just it's total bs therapy doesn't work it, you could apply that to literally anything we are so powerful our our own beliefs about this and um it, it's just you are kind of preventing your own healing no matter what modality you're talking about um if you're if you're unwilling if you're saying I'm not open to this and so you could apply that to supplementation nutrition it, it doesn't matter our we are power beings. There's a reason placebos work. Whether you <laughs> believe right. you can or you believe you can't, you're right. That's right. That's just the truth. I'd say that to people all the time because I've, I've had clients that are like, well, this is definitely giving me a symptom. And I'm like, well, you believe it is honestly. Sometimes like if I'm muscle testing them for a supplement, I'm like, your body needs it, right? Like maybe we can change the dose, but if you're believing that supplements are giving you a symptom, you're going to create it. The mind's mm-hmm. powerful. Yes. Yes, just, exactly right. The I know. Hypersensitivity is it's a it's a a challenging thing, right? To um, help someone like you, I could say to you, Courtney, you're safe, you're safe, you're safe. The supplements we have you on, they're conservative, you're safe. But until you believe it, right, and can kind of calm yourself down, right? That that's where kind of the magic happens, and you can start to see that I'm not reacting to everything in my life, but 
yeah, that's really hard to do from an external perspective. They have to want to believe it. Yeah. So what do you do if someone doesn't necessarily believe? Because that's such a tricky thing as practitioners. I always say that I don't know that I can help someone that can't believe, right? I'm like, yeah. as a practitioner, we don't make the changes. We're not healing you. We mm-hmm. help you facilitate your healing. We will give you tools. We will give you supplements and things that will absolutely help. But your body's the thing doing the healing. Your mind's the thing doing the healing, right? So you you are the healer. Yeah, exactly. I, I say, I say that I, if they are, if it doesn't feel like the right modality for them, right. MBSR specifically, or this approach with supplementation or nutrition or whatever we're looking at doesn't feel like the right fit. I, I just will kind of really wish them well. And per, perhaps it's making a referral out, but, um, I'll, I'll just have a conversation with them exactly like what you said. If they're either not ready for it, it doesn't resonate with them. I'm not going to strong arm them. And so sometimes that will result in them coming back, right? They, it might be a year or two. And then I'm like, actually, I think I'm ready for that now. Wonderful. But I I don't try to convince them. I was so resistant to that as a new practitioner, because you're looking at this person and they feel terrible, whether it's physically or emotionally or both. And you're like, I just so want to help them. I believe in my approach so strongly, but it, it, backfired every time, every time when I'm trying to convince someone, right. That doesn't do anything for them or me. And so I just, I have, you kind of release that illusion of control. Right. And so that is a growth point as a practitioner. And I'm, it's not like I I'm perfect at that, but I don't force it. Yeah. I had, I took a business course and I was obsessed with it. But the one thing I didn't resonate was when, if you're on a breakthrough call, because I personally do breakthrough calls Mm -hmm. and someone rebuts, like you have like an answer, right. And you're like, this is how I can help all of that. Mm -hmm. And now, right. I can answer their questions if it is genuine questions, but now when people, um, rebut in a way that feels like I need to convince them, I wish them well, I send them love, but yes, I can, I'm not here to convince you that your Mm -hmm. healing is worth the investment. I'm not here to convince you that your body can heal. I mean, right. I will say like, I believe that we can heal you and that should be enough. And if it's not, then that person still has some growth to do before they can find their healing. And there's nothing wrong with that. We've, I mean, like I said, I did physical approaches till I was blue in the face for years. It took me a very long time to find the emotional healing and the personal accountability yes for my own healing you're exactly right and that might happen with clients that you're already seeing like they might kind of reach a point where they're stalling so they it's something that they don't want to work on emotionally or they don't want to work on and, and kind of change the approach with sometimes you know you're switching their protocols to more simplicity right but they're they're convinced that's not the right route and so that will happen with people that you've built up this relationship with too. And it's just not the right time for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, <laughs> you'll either meet again at another time or they'll find another path. Um, I I'm in total alignment. I am not going to try to convince someone. Yeah. And I think that what you said resonates so true for me and that, you know, sometimes it's just not the right time because I'll have clients I'm working with, I'm working with, and it's going in the right direction. But if there's something in them where they, we we need nervous system support, right? And maybe they're like, I don't know that I want to do MBSR. It doesn't resonate with me. I'm like, okay, then you have to do all like these things or one of these right. things on your own. And if they're like, okay, okay, I'll do it. And then they never do. Right. And then I'm like, nervous system support is needed. We uh-huh. need to de-stress our life. We need to 
maybe not quit your job, but draw boundaries around it, major boundaries. And then the rest of your life, you know, a lot more boundaries there too, to allow your nervous system to find a sense of calm. And sometimes it just doesn't click with people at that time. And there's nothing wrong with that. As much as I can say something, if they don't believe it, they're not going to do it. Right. Like, and some people there at the point where they're like, I'll do anything you say, right. Like absolutely anything you tell me to do, I'm ready. Right. But sometimes there's some resistance just because people don't Mm -hmm. resonate with that. And that's fine. But then I'll get to a point where it's like, I'm not the one doing the healing. I would love for you to do these things for yourself. It's not for me, right? I'm doing great. We're, yes. we're better than we've ever been before. It's not for me. Yeah, exactly right. Well, gosh, what I just love about that is I've, I've seen that myself, right? So last year, I just, or the past few years, I got out of my routine that worked really well for me for working out. So I kept on hearing myself say, just like, I don't like how I feel. I don't feel strong anymore, right? And so I, but I wasn't changing anything. And so I always say to myself, get your actions in alignment. And so do I actually care? Was my investment, my focus on working out and feeling strong again? It wasn't like I, until I made the decision I'm going to invest in and pay to be part of a gym again. Right. So, and also too, with compassion, right? Because what was I doing the past few years? I was focusing far more on two things, spiritual health and you know, growth and education and business, right? So you, it's no judgment on the person if they're not ready to make the change that you're asking them. They might be pouring their energy into other areas or not. Like they might just not be ready for change in anything. But it happens to all of us where we have this wake up call. We're like, wow, I've been complaining about that for months and I haven't done anything about it. So it's what do you want, right? If you, if you want it, you will um, eventually kind of make the choice to make it happen. Yeah. And I've had this come up with people where they're like, I'm afraid of X, Y, Z, right. Or like, I'm afraid this won't work. And because of that, they're not seeing progress, right? If you're afraid this isn't going to work, it's not going to work. Your mind is incredibly powerful. So like you said, get your actions in alignment, right? How can we dissolve that fear? Is it an MBSR session? Is it journaling through it, doing some shadow work? Like, what does that look like for you? Or sometimes mantras are helpful for people, right? There's just so many ways to dissolve fear. And it's not, I'm not saying it's a one and done thing, right? You don't say a mantra and it's gone because it's a little (laughs) bit deeper rooted than that. But how are we able to address that instead of just allowing this fear to kind of overtake your life? Mm, Exactly right. Oh, I love, I love what you said. It's um, disbelief, but also fear can be equally powerful in our ability to progress something or not completely stall. Yeah. That's been just like so prevalent with people. And I understand fear is a powerful motivator. They say it is one of the most powerful motivators. So it's, eh, I feel like, yeah, we're in the same boat with belief and fear and all of that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to ask you a little bit about your health journey. I don't feel like yeah. I know a lot of it. Yeah. Well, Courtney, it's because I didn't tell anyone, right? It's my <laughs> You're holding it in so tight. Exactly. I was like, uh, issues don't got them. So that, that was you know, really when it started was probably like so many people, it was really in college. And then right after college, when I was looking at my health and I was like, wow, I'm a disaster for, you know, being so young, my health is, is not great. And so really kind of what was the tipping point for me is I, after college was having a lot of pain and I found a benign spinal tumor. And so Mm -hmm. I was, after that was sick all the time. I was just reactive. I was using 
tons. I mean, I was taking, this is awful. It makes me cringe now, but for years because of the tumor, I was taking like six Advil a day. And so, so I was using a lot of pain medications and, um, you know, eventually antibiotics. And so it was just a mess. And so that is really what was kind of my wake up call after the surgery to reconsider why I was in this kind of pattern and situation. So at that point, I went back to grad school and and pursued my master's in holistic nutrition. And that's when I found Heights of Health. And so for those that don't know, Heights of Health is the naturopathic clinic in Houston that Tracy Southwick founded. So Tracy is also the founder of MBSR. So it was truly one of those things in life where I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly where I need to be. And I was fortunate enough to be able to apprentice under Tracy. And it wasn't like surgery, grad school, worked at Heights of Health, problem solved. (laughs) It still was a recognition of autoimmunity and um, GI issues. And even though I was so resistant and still am, right? Like there's it's, I am still resistant to labels, which is like you said, why I don't, I just don't talk about them. Um, it, it really was humbling for me. And part of that was just like my choice, right? I, I had this um, visual of, I have to pretend like everything's fine. Nothing's bothering me there. You know, it's all good. It's like tumors, they happen, right? It's no big deal. <laughs> And so that is really like the, it was like you said, it was an own kind of personal experience and conviction that got me into this world. And then also, I mean, I was just, I, I felt so truly lucky and privileged to be able to work at Heights of Health and within mm-hmm. MBSR because it was, it really was a personal uh, transformation. And then, I, you know, in grad school studying nutrition, I, I got into nutrition because I love food, right? I'm Italian. It's just, it's what our life is about. And so <laughs> it was really fun for me, but I also felt like I cannot like just putting people on meal plans and talking about macros, just shoot me. Like that just has no interest. Mm-hmm. I, it, and I, it also is so incomplete. And so that's really where I saw, oh my gosh, using uh, nutrition and whole his holistic health in general with muscle testing and energy work, it all came together. I was like, this is just brilliant. And it's so much more complete and um, helps clients just so much further. Yeah. I think most of us start with nutrition. I did too. Cause I love food. And I was like, right. this is easy. I can change my diet. I had no yeah. problem with it. Cause I was like, I can make good food. That's also healthy for me. No yeah. issue. And exactly. for me, my main pain point was GI issues. So I was like, change my diet, change my life. We're healed. Right. And that obviously was not the case for me. Yeah. And that, you know, you just end up down the rabbit hole. That's how, I mean, you fortunately found heights of health. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say immediately, but like relatively early Pretty on. Soon, yeah. yeah. For me, it was a much longer journey of it's not food. It's not just candida and SIBO. There's deeper things. There's deeper root causes. There's also deeper emotional causes and all of that. So it was just like peeling back one layer and then like, you know, changing my whole life, my mind being blown for months on end and then peeling back another layer and another. And that's clearly why I had to do it in small spurts because I don't know if I would have been able to handle it all at once. Just mind blown. I mean, that too is why I, I am like you as well, where I moved a little bit away from nutrition. It's not that I don't think food doesn't matter, but it's like the more it's funny. I'm sure you see this on Instagram too. It's just I'm sure people who are not kind of trained in nutrition are like, these people are crazy. They change their mind constantly. I know. But I think we have to have the humility about like, there's just, there's a lot that we don't know and we're really overcomplicating it. Right. And so, yes, of course, food matters. Food quality for sure matters. 
Um, but so much of the time it's less about the food. Um, it's, it's just, it's, we need to restore organ function, right? We need yep. to get more energy into the body. And so it's just, yeah, it's, that's why I kind of naturally pulled away because it was just getting really, it was, we were oversimplifying while also overcomplicating. It's a, it's a funny dynamic in the nutrition world, isn't it? Yeah, it really was because like I said, for me, I was like gut issues, nutrition, that's it. And then it wasn't it, right? Like, and then I cut out lots and lots of foods and things Mm -hmm. just, it doesn't move the needle. I always tell everyone, because I'm like, you'll cut out like gluten and dairy and feel much better. And then Mm -hmm. probably after that, you'll plateau for a while and you'll cut out more and more foods. And it's like barely getting better, if anything, right? Like it's just the incremental increase is not worth cutting out flaxseed and coconut and some people eggs, but not for me eggs. Right. So it was just every little food. And then there was one point where I was on an extremely restrictive diet. Mm -hmm. I was afraid of bananas and things because I would say it took me four years to eat a banana again because of the sugar content, Right. right? Like it was getting so incredibly crazy. And because I had debilitating stomach issues that I was willing to do anything. You yes. told me I had to eat three foods. I would have done it for my whole life. That's yes. fine. That would have been fine by me, but it created the food fear and it created the, okay, every single thing has to be tied to a food when 98% of the time it wasn't. Yes, 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 yes. It's, you know, more and more, I, I, not to get too far into like a social media tirade, but I just think that as also too, as practitioners, we have to be really wise about what we're sharing, whether it's talking about, you know, MBSR, nervous system regulation, food, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what topic we are contributing to the craziness if we're not speaking from the wisdom of experience, right? Yeah. I understand that we can, you know, try things out and learn, you know, we'll, we'll all have to kind of pivot and change and develop and grow, get that, all of that. Right. But, you know, there has, it's like this kind of craze um, on social media where everyone's confused. Right. And of course yes. I, I was confused for years because it's just um, it's, I, use the phrase, it's all trends, no wisdom. And so it's just, it drives people crazy. And like you said, like we've lived through it, like, let me try this and this and this and this, and we're not slowing down and giving our body time to say, this is Courtney, this is what I need. I would love to welcome back bananas back into my life. So, I don't yeah. like them anymore, but I'm not afraid of them. I've been <laughs> yeah. cutting them out for four years. Like I just lost my taste for them, but Yes. If I'm at the store and I'm like, that looks good. I'll buy the freaking banana. Proud of you. That's amazing. I know. Yes. Yeah. Cause it was like two years ago, I bought a banana and I ate it. And then I was like, I don't want the rest of these, but like, <laughs> at least I, like yeah. yeah, I was like, eh, it's fine. It's not my thing right. anymore, but at least I'm yes. not like this banana is going to make me sick. This banana is going to yes. make candida overgrow in my stomach. And then I'm going to poop my pants again. Like there was none of that. Yes. It's like the charge wasn't there, right? You didn't yeah. have, you didn't actually like it, the, the taste that much, but, but the charge and the fear wasn't there. I know. I'm like, that's the wild part about it. Cause people are like, you're not afraid. You never eat them anymore. I'm like, I don't like them anymore, yeah. but like, that's okay. Turns out bananas are gross. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, my boyfriend doesn't like them too. So I'm never going to have them in the house, but I want one thing about social media. You really made me want to bring up was how I just think that it's so interesting there's so much information and there's so much fear mongering and there's so many people, I don't know if you experience this or end up on the side of the internet when they're like, you can't heal IBS, but you can deal with symptoms. And I'm like, if I hear that one more time, yeah. I'm going to go bananas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, yep. Because 
what I had was categorized by IBS, right? Mm -hmm. I also have had multiple autoimmune diseases. I too did not resonate with anything. I didn't go to doctors. I was like, they're not, I don't care what they say. I'm not going to take their recommendations anyways. Yeah. It's, I know it's, it's maddening. It's gosh, you know, my, my brother dealt with that with, uh, he had like the diagnosis of ulcerative colitis and it's, I was looking at the options they gave him, which was a medication he couldn't afford for the rest of his life and had terrible downstream consequences. And so it's just, and I don't, you know, the other thing here is I don't like to, it's both right. There are issues with kind of both sides of the spectrum, right? Western medicine and holistic health. I'm not like pointing like, wow, holistic health, we are perfect angels. We have it all figured out, right? We are just talking about how we contribute to this on social media. Right. And so, but it's just that they're, investigation, right. Um, kind of mindfulness and investigation with our health can really do wonders. Right. And it's, it's, we're not, it isn't a life sentence in so many scenarios and, and to kind of restore that hope for people is really, really important. Yeah. Because there's so many people that are like, you healed from IBS, you healed from a liver disease. And I healed from my liver disease when I was like 11. So I resonate 0% with that. I've seen my labs. My labs are beautiful. I don't have autoimmune antibodies anymore. And I still have people asking me, so you don't take any of those supplements. And I'm like, I haven't taken them for two decades. I don't know that I'm the person that you should ask because it's been two decades, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was a child and like my body's not the same anymore. But if you want hope that someone's done it, that you don't, this is not a lifetime diagnosis the way that you tell you mm-hmm. go for it. Right. If right. that's what you take from my story, I love that, mm-hmm. that you exactly. can live a normal, healthy life that I don't have to wake up every day and think like I have Lyme. I don't think that I'm like, yeah, yeah. That, it that was, was a something, part of my life. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was something that impacted my life at sure. one point, but like, okay, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. I, other than saying totally agree with you, I have nothing more to add, but it's just, I, I, I think it's, it's funny because I've seen kind of arguments like that. Like you can address the symptoms with IBS. It's almost seen as dangerous, right? That's kind of the perception of like, it's dangerous to think that. And I, I get where that's coming from because you want people to be careful and smart with their health choices. Agree with that. Right. But it doesn't have to be what defines your whole life experience either. Yeah. I so. just, and it's funny because I have zero of the the gut issues that I used to like zero. It's I'm not even a little bit close to what like I said I I, I was on the diarrhea and I constipated last yeah. week because I held on to emotions. So <laughs> Look like at that transformation. I, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I thought that the other day. I was like, come on, like really, yes. this has never been an issue. But it, you just don't have to take everything for face value. Like mm-hmm. if you believe you can, or you believe you can't, you're right, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. on that side of social media where everyone's scared and afraid mm-hmm. that it's a lifetime diagnosis and think that the only thing they can do is be on meds and manage their symptoms. Mm-hmm. That's okay. If that's your reality, right? Like yeah. if you want to accept that, but if you don't want to accept it, there's other things out there. Mm-hmm. And that's also not to say there's anything wrong with meds, but like, yeah. if you believe that that is your reality, it will be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, to me, it reminds me of when people are talking about trauma. So I am super careful about using that word or not overusing it, right? Because I don't think everything is trauma, right? I think some things are really stressful and hard, but I don't think everything is trauma. However, um, I I think it's important to be trauma-informed, but there is a difference between acknowledging that you can't erase it, right? There's no... I hope, well, I say no one's saying that. Maybe people are saying that. But for the most part, people aren't saying that you can just pretend like it didn't happen. But there's a difference, right? But between 
being able to kind of look at this as that was a horrible traumatic event that happened and then making the rest of your life about that experience. Mm -hmm. You will probably um, acknowledge and live with in different ways, Mm -hmm. you know, the downstream effects of, of what that was like for you, but it doesn't have to be your whole life is around is, you know, circulating around that, that trauma. So it's to me like a diagnosis and medical label or trauma in this way, like big T trauma, right? It's, it's a very similar mindset. I fully agree. I just don't even have anything else for that. I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah. Preaching hands emoji yeah. is what I'm going for. Yeah. Um, I, I want to be respectful of your time. So do you have any last things that you want to mention? Any last notes to just end on or just tell the people where they can find you all? The yeah, time? absolutely. Well, Courtney, I'm just so grateful for this conversation. It's I so good. love your perspective and insight. I can't wait to see the title, probably something about bananas or <laughs> diarrhea, you know, <laughs> the, the, the really things. important topics. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you know, people, people use MBSR when we train practitioners, it's fascinating for me to see how different practitioners use MBSR in their practice, right? And so just if you are someone wondering, can MBSR help with this? You can always contact us, right? And let us know because we do have, fortunately, we're in the midst of updating our website. So it'll be much more functional for you as a client, right? If you're looking for, does an MBSR practitioner do this? We'll be able to point you in the right direction. And an example of this is our one of our practitioners, she um, has a whole business that helps to um, support people who have learning disabilities. And so she's combining her experience as an educator and, you know, supporter teacher in that field with MBSR and her results are mind blowing. And so it, it can be used in such vast and different ways. So tell us if you have questions and we might say, Hey, you might pursue this before MBSR, right? It, it's not the mm-hmm. answer we're going to give for everything, but let us know if you have questions. Um, and you can, like you mentioned, and as far as how to reach me, you can just go to my website. It's just Mirabella, like my last name, holistic.com. And you can find my email, Instagram, whatever you need. I love that. This has been such a phenomenal conversation. I know people are going to want to hear from you. So I know everyone's going to reach out or want you back because let's be real. We could have kept going for another hour. Oh yeah. We can block out the whole day next time. Stop talking. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I'm like, sorry, Em, we missed you, but like we clearly there was no room in here. So maybe it worked out. Yes. Next time, Emily, for sure. We'll connect. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks for being here.